welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Listen, tonight we're going to talk about something that maybe some people would, would say, uh, like they might roll their eyes at me, or which I don't really care, but you might really say, or you might think this is boring, but this is, this is so important. Of course, we say that about every message, but the Word of God is important. It doesn't matter what I pull out here. I could literally pull any scripture out and tell you it's important, and I would not be lying. But this is good. This pertains to church, and if you have a church, this could change your life. This, this, uh, I took this from Pastor Barclay, <clears throat> Supernatural Ministry Training Institute. I took it from his SMTI, and you know, when I grabbed the hold of that captain's mantle, which um, I don't need your approval, but I really appreciate the edification because it's very, um, it can feel pressure to figure out what to, to speak on, right? And sometimes you get an idea and you think, I hope this is from God, right? And, and he always confirms it along the way, so it's really good. He, you know, he confirms it with all these things. So by the time you're up here, it's like, okay. But he gave me those two messages. He gave me the captain's mantle to speak on, and he also gave me the seven Bible ways to properly relate to your pastor. That's a, that's a mouthful of a title. And I wanted to change it, but I felt like I was doing something wrong, so I didn't. So we're going to talk tonight about seven Bible ways, biblically way, biblical ways to relate to your pastor in the proper way. And you say, why, that, why is that important? Well, first of all, it's important because if we catch on to the truths of being able to relate to the man of God, because the pastor or your pastor, wherever you go to church, because uh, we're speaking to online people too, the pastor is the person who sets up everything. I mean, he takes the vision and he lays it before us, right? So if we're not on the same page, then we're going to have some dissatisfaction, and we could fall into that discontent, right? And we want to stay out of that. So the more we understand these truths, the more satisfied we can be as a, as a whole, as a body. So there's actually never been a church split when every person in the congregation edified the pastor. You ever thought about that? It, yeah, it is good, and it makes sense. Because that, that's, he's the vision take holder, right? He, he's, he's not God. But God's literally giving him the vision, and he's spreading it out for us, the people in the congregation. One time I had a vision that pastor was on the stage, and it was pre-service prayer. We used to do that before church many years ago. And I saw Jesus walk up and hand him a scroll. And he took the scroll, and that's what he laid before us that day. And that's just a simple illustration that Matt isn't up here preaching Matt's stuff, and I'm not up here preaching my stuff, and Pastor is not up here preaching his stuff. He's, he's bringing to us what God's given us. That's why it's so important not to miss services, right? And also, all the scriptures I'm about to give you are from the New Testament, so you can't be like, that's so Old Testament. That doesn't even count anymore. Well, guess what? This is all New Testament, so don't say that. And I know you wouldn't anyways. And also, the last thing is, I want you to understand before I speak about pastor that I'm not exalting a man. I am bringing, trying to breed peace 
within the congregation, right? And if we do these things, it's, it's the result. The result is peace in our congregation, okay? All right, so number one, Jesus gave you a pastor as a gift. He did. I'm going to show you that. Don't worry. I'm not just making them up. You must learn to receive him as that, a gift, and you have to treat him as a gift. Just think about it. When you get a gift, think about how you treat things when you get a gift, right? So let's first, um, of course, we know. I'm only going to mention this one. Jeremiah 3.15 says, God has given us shepherds. That's Old Testament, but don't worry. We're not going there because I told you we weren't going to. We're going to the New Testament, so we're going to go to Ephesians 4. Go to Ephesians 4, and we're going to check out verse 8. I'm going to show you that Jesus gave you a gift. Maybe you didn't know that. I'll start reading. You just get there and follow along. Okay? I'll start in 7, actually. Thank you. (laughs) But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So there you go. Christ is giving a gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into that unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. See, he gave us those gifts so that we could come into unity together. To a perfect man, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. Last verse, 16, from whom the whole body joined in it together by what every joint supplies, that's all of us, that's you, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. You have a share. You have a share to do. Did you know that? If you don't know your share yet, come see me and I'll help you find your share because I'm good at that. Yes, I will hook you up for the edifying of itself. Listen, in love. It's all about love. That's all it is. It's not so we can um, pull on you because nobody else wants to do something. It's to, it's to work together to be, have unity and, and to do it in love, right? So, little points. Jesus, obviously, was the one who gave us this gift. And probably it would seem like an insult, maybe, if we didn't receive the gift, your pastor, right? As your pastor. Or if you didn't take care of your pastor, Right? So why would you expect more gifts? Because we talked about big blessings this morning. Why would you expect more gifts if you're not even going to take care of the first one? Before he ascended, the first one, the first gift that he gave you, a pastor. You know, be, be responsible in the little things, right? So that was the first thing. Listen, how do you know that you've received your pastor from God? Don't worry, I'm going to tell you. Don't ask. Don't tell me that. How do you know? How, how do you show that you've received your pastor as a gift from God? Here's how you do that. Here's just a few ways. First of all, you can tell the Lord that you receive him. Literally. Lord, okay, I found my pastor and I receive him as a gift. I receive him as my pastor. 
Thank you, Lord, for my pastor. Start thanking God for your pastor. The blessing, right? He is one of those blessings that we talked about this morning. And then also let your pastor know that. I always am uh, I'm baffled by the end of, the, of Corinthians when it talks about love. And it always says, uh, I mean, it always says, it never changes. <laughs> there, is, there is no such law against love. I always think that's so funny to put it in there. There's no, against such, there's no such law. Because nobody, there's nothing wrong with showing people love. Nobody ever says, no, thank you. I don't, I don't really, no. No, I'd rather, you, I'd rather you be ugly to me. It makes me feel better. Nobody does that because that's silly. It's, it's better. Oh, my necklace is hitting it. Sorry. I knew I shouldn't have wore that. Make it a choker. All right. This will be good. <laughs> this will be good. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Josh, for pointing that out. Okay. Tell, we need to tell our pastor. What? Do I need to take it off? Oh, it's still on there? Why didn't you just say that? Just say take it off. Okay. I hope he edits that out. Okay. Here we go. Tell your pastor that you love him. You know, I was listening to somebody the other day, like a podcast, and it was talking about how men in the Bible showed love towards each other, okay? But now it's like weird. Of course, you know, in, in the world, in our defense, it is, um, we have to be careful, right? Because it can look weird, really, nowadays. But they, 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 they didn't have a problem showing literal, literal love towards each other. They didn't have a problem showing affection is what I'm saying, right? It didn't mean anything weird. Now, our world perverted that, unfortunately. But it's, there's nothing wrong with showing your pastor you love him. There's nothing wrong with telling him you love him. We should do that, right? We need to let him know that. And not only that, we also need to let others know that we receive pastor as our pastor, right? We don't, we don't want to talk around, just talk and say, well, he's a really good man of God. Well, he is, but he's your pastor. If he is your pastor, let others know that you receive him as your pastor. Let others know you receive his uh, corrections and that you're submitted to him, your leadership, right? Make that known because when other people see that, then they're more apt to not be so fearful. And some people have a wall against submission. And I don't think it's mostly because they don't want to. I think a lot of fear is involved there because they don't want to get what? Hurt, right? So make it known that you receive your pastor and that you're submitted to him. Also, our pastor is a, any, any gift actually, when you give a gift to somebody, you do that as a token of love usually, right? Or gratitude, we could say. So if Jesus gave us our pastor, it was out of love, right? So there for our benefit, in other words, right? So we can either use that benefit or we can ignore it. It should be a benefit to us. Make it a benefit. Do something about that. Number two, out of the seven ways. It is our responsibility as believers. Remember this morning I said, you said yes. You said yes, you, you signed the papers. You're in it, right? You should be in it for life, right? Those, those posts, I always think about the post. You know, Terry Mize, go back to the post. The post is the standard. The post is the word of God. This is it. So I know we're not slaves. I, I understand that. So don't take this, I'm not going opposite of pastor. I'm giving you a vivid picture of, of loyalty and voluntary service, voluntary slavery, and not in a bad connotation. What I'm saying is um, I'm chaining myself to the post. I have the key, okay? God didn't take the key. I can leave the post. I'm not chained there because God grabbed a hold of me. I can't leave. 
I'm chained there for my own protection. I have the key. I can unchain myself and I can walk away. But I need the post so I don't get off. And my pastor preaches the post. Do you see? So it's our responsibility as believers to know and recognize our pastor. If you don't know this man or the person that you go to church with is your man of God, your pastor, find him. Because you will hear and you will have revelation. Things will make sense to you. It will change your life. The things he says, you can take and apply them and your life changes. Ask me how I know. Changes for the better. So make sure that you recognize your pastor. Go to uh, 1 Thessalonians. Just take a right over to 1 Thessalonians 5. Now we're going to go to verse 12. Just one verse, it says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. You see, the Bible does say, Do not know any man after his flesh. We shouldn't be looking to the fleshly man. And I'm not saying anything bad about pastor or any person or, or, um, that I've ever worked for, but ministers, pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, teachers, ministrators, moms, we all have a flesh. So we can't base anything in the flesh off of the man, okay? Because we all have flesh to deal with, okay? So you, anything that you see or perceive and think one time or you assumed or you saw, you can't base it off of that. You've got to know a person in order to base anything, right? Otherwise, you're making assumptions, right? So the Bible tells us to know no man after the flesh, but you need to know your pastor by his gift. What do you mean by that? I mean, you've got to know your pastor by his character, You've got to know him by his integrity. You've got to be even more familiar with the way he deals with things. A good example is you need to know his style. When he is ministering up here or at an event, if you know his style, did you know that we as a body can move in the spirit with him? We can flow. We can make things easy. Which, I mean, you guys do such a great job. You know when to pray in the Holy Spirit. You know when to hand uh, tissues to people without being a distraction. You know when to go get the anointing oil. We know when to get quiet. Those things are important. Because if we don't know those things and we get up and make a loud noise or stomp across the room when um, he's trying to minister to somebody, distraction. (laughs) I mean, the Holy Spirit is literally trying to change a life and we're going to the bathroom. Now, don't take that the wrong way. If you've got to go to the bathroom, you need to go because we don't want to clean that up. However, there's a, there's a reverence to doing that, right? And if we know our pastor, we know what he's about to do. We, we, we watch, then we know how to flow with him. Amen. Another thing is, um, you know, many people leave churches and, and they usually have something to say about the pastor, like an accusation or just a thought that maybe doesn't line up. But listen, if you don't know your pastor enough to um, deny those accusations, you should be embarrassed. 
If you can't deny your past, now, if you can't deny it, you know his character, you probably should go find another pastor, right? But if you know your pastor so well that when those accusations come, you can deny them because you know his character. And I, I can stand here and say that about this pastor because I know him, right? And I know many of you do too. Also, we can study our pastor, you study things. You had to study in school. Maybe you didn't like it. But you study things all day whether you know it or not. Right? right? Yep. All kinds of things. So your, your work, your school, your friends, your house, whatever. There's so many things that you can study. But we should be studying this, this guy. We should be studying him for several reasons. First of all, we want to know how he follows Jesus. Because how can you uh, know him if you don't know how he follows Jesus? That's what we're looking at. That's the fruit that we need to be studying, right? Also, we need to study how he handles things when he's ministering, right? If Matt's playing music and, and pastor, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's moving, we should be studying that. Because what are we going to do when we get out there and, and it's our turn to minister? And you're like, oh, oh, I saw a pastor do that. But I, don't have no, I have no idea what to do. You would know, right, if you had studied him, right? So we want to study. We want to, we want to be able to study so that we can practice. For instance, pantry coming up. We're going to pray for people, right, Carrie? That's awesome. What are you going to do when Carrie says, oh, could you go over there and pray for that lady right there? She needs help. And you're like, no. Or you're like, yeah. Yeah, could you go with me? <laughs> you know, you don't want, I mean, it's not bad to do that. It's not bad to take somebody with you. It's not bad if you get in a, you know, if you need to, if you need to practice it, that's okay. That's not my point. My point is we're not just here, past, we're not just here doing nothing. This is real ministering in this place. So pay attention so you know what to do. When you, it's your turn. You don't want to be caught like, uh, Lord. Now he will show up. He will show up, but it's much easier if you are ready. All right, number three, we're to esteem our pastor very highly in love. We're to esteem our pastor very highly in love. You can stay in 1 Thessalonians because we're just going to go to verse 13, right underneath 12. It says, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, be at peace among yourselves. Now, pay attention to the word esteem because it doesn't say exalt. Okay? Don't get that confused. Never exalt a man. Amen? Amen. Exalt Jesus. That's the only, only, only person we should exalt. But we are to esteem our pastor. So what does that word esteem mean? Esteem means to place value on. Simple enough, right? Or to regard highly and then to prize accordingly. There is no such law against love. So it's never wrong to love anyone, but we are to be known for loving people. Did you know that? We're to be known for loving people. So it shouldn't be hard to love your pastor, okay? Because he's one of the great, he's a gift, right? So not only should we love each other, but we should love our pastor. He's a gift. So to esteem is to give a special place in our life. And pastoring has a special place in your life. If you don't already know that, you probably haven't um, taken advantage of that gift, right? I don't know if you know this, but our pastor is there. Pastors are supposed to be there for their flock. They're shepherds. They're there to lead, right? So when you have questions, go to your shepherd. Not, not call him on the phone on a Thursday because he's off on Thursdays. Don't bother him on Thursdays. 
don't come up here randomly. He could be in the middle of something. Do you know people that do that? I'm a homeschool mom, and it's hard when people interrupt. Well, nobody comes to my house anymore, but they used to. This is like all the time interruptions. Interruptions, like why are we even doing school? But think about our pastor. He's got things he does, right? Don't take advantage of it in a wrong way, but please take advantage of a pastor of your life when you have questions or you um, want to know, understand the word better. He literally will be more than happy to tell you, and he has lots of words, lots of knowledge on it. I promise. Okay? So, uh, emails. Emails are good, but you'll probably get a call. Okay, moving on. Number four. It's our responsibility as believers to pray for our pastor. This is a big one. We should be praying for our pastor. And you say, yeah, I already prayed for my pastor. Okay, that's good. But what should we be praying for our pastor? So we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians. Just jump over a little bit more. 2 Thessalonians 3. We're going to read 1 through 5. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. We're supposed to be praying specific things for our pastor. We used to have pastor prayer cards, and we may still have them. You'd have to ask him. But it has these things in there. But number one, we're supposed to pray that our pastor would, let, would, would speak the word of the Lord and that it would have free course, right, and be glorified. We want those words, when they come out of his mouth, to do something to our hearts. We want it to change lives, right? We don't want it to return void. So we need to pray that beforehand. We should pray that our pastor be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Those are people who are literally coming to consume his time. They're not really there to get anything from. They're, they're there to get from him, but they don't want to do anything. They're not going to put anything he says into action, in other words. They just want to feel better, be petted. Does that make sense? We want to pray against those people. We don't want people like that to consume his time. We want his time to be praying over his congregation. We want his time to be getting the word of the Lord. And then also we should pray for the pastor that we who are already a part of God's kingdom, that we would lead a quiet and peaceable life according to what we just read. And who doesn't want to live a quiet and peaceable life in these days? Right? We all strive for that. That's, that sounds like beauty to me. Quiet, quiet sounds like beauty to me. And I don't get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But peaceable, yes. We want those things. And lastly, let's pray for our pastor. Let's never pray against him. Because God's not going to honor that prayer, even if you think you're right, okay? Because that's a bad attitude. So I say, if I have a dis disagreement with my pastor, I'm sitting out there and he says something, I'm like, I don't think that's true. You know, I just think, I don't say it out loud. I maybe will write a question down to myself, and then I'll go ask the Lord, well, can, you sh can you make me understand this a little better? Because usually, yeah, I'm wrong. And it's okay, because I'm used, I, that's okay. I just want to know why, right? I want to know why that pricked me the wrong way. Why did I have a problem with that? And usually, that's something that's an eye-opener for, for us, you know, something that we are blockading or dealing with. Or, or 
Or maybe the pastor did say it wrong and he always corrects it when he finds out. So either way, you're good. God's going to cover it, right? And, and your pastor, if, if he's a true pastor, he's never going to say anything that's truly going to cause you to go away, right? It's not going to lead you astray. It's just a disagreement. Like, it's not even a big deal, okay? You, you want to disagree? Just disagree. But you don't need to let him know that unless you want to ask him. But you don't have to have a bad attitude in your prayers, right? Because <laughs> literally, that, I don't think God honors that at all. Okay, number five. The Bible teaches us several times to, wait for it, support your pastor. I know. I knew I wouldn't get any amens on that. Because, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Literally, we are supposed to support our pastor. We know that. Galatians 6, 6. Let's go there real quick. We are a good church that does that, by the way. We do very well with that. Okay, Galatians 6, 6. It says, let him who is taught the word, that's us, share in all good things with him who teaches. That's the pastor or the shepherd, right? So we're supposed to do that. Like, like I just read it to you, and it's a command from the Bible, okay? So I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. It says, the one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his spiritual and his material support. First, 1 Corinthians 9.11. Let's look at that real quick. Yes, amen. 1 Corinthians 9.11. I'm just going to back up a little bit. It says, If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? Some people would be offended by that. Like, you're a pastor. You're supposed to do that. What? Put yourself in the pastor's shoes. You, you wouldn't want people to contribute to your support? Of course you would. It's not just about money. It shows that we appreciate what he's rendering to us. If you're not appreciative of it, why are you here? Right? We're coming to get. It would only make sense to me that we give. You don't go anywhere else where you do that. Right? You always give anywhere that you expect something back. So, why are we doing this? Why are we giving to our pastor? Number one, it's biblical. We just saw that. Also, we're going to reap blessings off of anything we sow. We learned that this morning. You give, it will be given to you. Please remember that. It's not going to waste. Anything you put in God's hands is just coming back better. Okay? Also, they sow to us spiritually. And I say, the Bible says, and I agree, spiritual things are 110 or 30 or 50% more important than anything in this world. Anything natural. Right? Well, that's what we're even here for, spiritual things. We're here for souls. That's the purpose. So you will read back, right? We are to contribute to their support. So listen, if you are going to talk so big about your pastor and say how awesome your church is, you should put your money where your mouth is, right? So you should be giving. Yes. If you're not, you probably should stop because you're sort of being a hypocrite, right? right? That's, right. That's the way I see it. I don't know. Listen, it's also an encouragement. It's an encouragement to your pastor when you give to him, right? The, the congregation, when we do things for pastors, when we do things like pastor appreciations, or give a gift for Christmas or their birthdays or their anniversaries, that's an encouragement to them. 
that tells them, hey, my congregation actually loves me and they appreciate me, right? And the awesome thing about this church is I have never, ever, I've been here for a long time, like, I don't know, it's not a long time, I guess 20 plus years, but I don't know what a long time is to you, but the point is, I've been here for so long, I've never once seen my pastor or Miss Kathy try to take their own offerings, They've never done that. They've never done their own pastor appreciation. It's not like this thing on their calendar. As a matter of fact, if one of our elders or somebody in the congregation forgets, did you know that it would go by the wayside and not one word on this pulpit would be said about it? And that, that, that is like one of my greatest things. That how, What a sad day that would be if that were to pass by. What a sad day that would be. So never, always, always go around and say, are we doing something? Are we doing something for this? Because maybe people are so busy, not forgetful, but just busy. We never want those days to pass. Never. That would be so sad to me. Okay. Also, uh, offerings on his birthday, offerings on Christmas. Listen, we have sent pastors on, we've sent them on, we've given to like their getaways before. We've um, sent them to mission fields, right, to Israel. So those are things that, that the body should do. And here's another thing. I don't know how many notes pastor gets, but I know a note can be encouraging. A note can be edifying. You can send him a note. You can email him a note. Just go on the church website. Can you imagine the, the sentiment that comes when he just sees that somebody listened to a sermon or paid attention? You know, I mean, we can get into the habit of amen and then be like, what did I just amen? And then he asks us and we're like, oh. Or, you know, poor pastor, we are so like, we, he's so like, teach, teach the word. And we're always like, want the right answer. And sometimes we're like, which one is it? And so it's not that we weren't listening. We just want to have the right answer, right? And so we need to encourage him. When he doesn't get those amens, it's not because we don't want amen. We're just thinking or writing, right? We're actually, this is a good church. We listen. We take notes. And so we want to encourage him in more than just this. Right? Do it outside. Do, do those little things. It doesn't have to be a long note. Just, hey, thank you for sticking it out. Thank you for not quitting. Right? Amen. Listen, encouraging your pastor will change your church. It, and, and, and changing your church will change your life. Amen. All right? And, of course, we all know we need to show honor where honor is due. That's nothing new to us. Right? All right, number six. The quicker you learn that it's biblically correct to imitate or follow your pastor or pastors or leadership, then the faster you're going to grow in God. You will grow faster in God if you do the things that you see your pastor or leadership doing. Let's go to Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Verse 9. But, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence and full assurance of the hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, that's not me, Jesus' name, but imitate those through faith and patience, inherit those promises of God. That's the leadership. That's the pastor. Do you see that 
What's been given, put upon, the anointing that's upon your pastor is whatever was put upon before him that came above him, right? Those, those fathers that poured into his life, that is what's pouring into you. And if you look at our heritage, our spiritual heritage, wowzers, right? I mean, you're talking just amazing. You're talking people who didn't just stand up here or, or be a part of a church that was under government that just fulfilled uh, commitments. You're talking about ministers of the Lord who were literally sent by God, not just men. They touched lives. They literally were Bibles walking around the earth and literally changed not only their life, but the lives of those that they touched, right? I mean, we have an incredible heritage. We have many people that you could be listening to. You would never get through all the sermons. Never. Now, I know great ministers and, and popular ministers that I would say, yeah, they're really good. But the problem is they're, they're different. They're, in a, they're, they're, they're different because we are in this circle, and it's called the word of faith. Do you know why we're in that circle? It's not because we're better. It's because we're different. We stepped into something that was uncomfortable for our flesh. We stepped into something that it, it doesn't feel natural when you first start. It, it seems weird to the world. But we chose to step into it, kind of like when Peter stepped out of the boat. That, that, it, didn't, it doesn't compute with your brain to do that, especially when there's salt water or sharks. That doesn't compute, right? I mean, I don't even want to get on the boat, much less out of the boat, right? That goes against everything that is in me that says, like the airplane thing, don't get in it. Don't do it. But he did it, and that's what we did when we stepped into the word of faith circle. It's not a group. It's not a click. It's just a, I want to go deeper into God. I, want to, I actually want to see these miracles. I don't want to just hear about them. I don't want to say God is so good, but he never shows up. What kind of religion is that? That's no different than the statues that fall apart in India. Come on. We want to be different because we want to see our God move. And he is going to move. And he does move. We just don't always see it. Okay? I don't know how I got off on that. Okay, so <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, we want to follow the example. That's where I was going. Imitate those who have, who have done it. They saw the miracles. They saw the, the diseases die on their hands. They saw the, the legs grow out. They saw those things. That's why we imitate those people, because we want to see those things. Okay, so follow the example of the leaders that God put in your life. You know what copycat is, right? You know... When you're younger, you know what copycat is because you're like, stop it. Stop it. Mom, mom, she's copying me. She's copying me. That's copycat, right? What is copycat? You do what you see somebody else do to the T, right? That's what we're supposed to do with our pastor. Sorry, that high voice. That was pretty annoying, huh? <laughs> so that's what we want to do with our pastor, though. We want to copycat him. We want to do what we see our pastors and our leadership doing. So, if you do that, I was thinking about today, the God of peace will be with you if you copy your leaders. And I was thinking today, all those children of Israel in the desert the whole time, complaining, which is the natural thing to do. Go back to your flesh. Arguing 40 years, 40 years in the desert. I can't even imagine four days in the desert. and 40 years. You know, God is so good, though, he still took care of them. He didn't let their shoes wear out. I mean, come on. 40 years 
that's pretty good. Those, that's, that's real good. That's anointing on the Jews. But listen, if they would have imitated their leader, if they would have imitated Moses, they didn't. They decided to be discontent and, you know, grumble. But if they would have just imitated their leader, even if they didn't feel like it, that's my point. It wasn't fun in the desert. It wasn't fun there. It wasn't fun in caves. But, but they, they could have chose, I'm going to imitate Moses, although I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. This doesn't feel, you know, like it's normal. But if they would have just imitated him, can you imagine the difference in their lives? That's us. We can choose to imitate our leaders instead of, well, I don't know about that. Well, I don't, really just don't like the way he does his hair. I mean, who does that? Or really, a Thai or a Fu Manchu, really? We can complain about a lot of things. Or why does he always pick those songs? I know it's pastor that picks those songs. Right? Or what in the world is up with this brown? That's not even calming. Blue is calming. Everybody knows that. We can complain about hundreds of things. But it doesn't do any good. So if we just imitate, hey, things go well with us. Right? And so do what you see your pastor do. Say what you hear your pastor say and receive from them, your pastor, and, our, and, and his wife. That's included. Hopefully you know that. Hopefully you know there's, a, there's an anointing on Miss Kathy. Man, when she speaks, she speaks to me. Like, I'm always like, oh, she, she, like, she is on it. She speaks to me, and maybe that has to do with a woman, maybe the way it's put. But, I mean, pastor does too, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they both have an anointing. We, they both deserve honor, right? And that's for any pastor and his wife. That's not just here. But, but receive them and, and, and do what you receive from them. Does that make sense? So you, you receive from them here, and then you go out and do what you just received. And that's how we touch lives. That's how we share the gospel, it's not going out every day and checking off. Um, yeah, I told this, the plan of salvation to four people today, Joshua. One of them, I think they received. I'm not sure. But the other two, they're thinking about it. So how many did you do today? I was just wondering. Yeah, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's about taking the ministry, the anointing here, and just going out there and loving on people. It's so simple. That's it. It's a smile. It's a hug. It's a just asking, how is your day today? Or just acknowledging somebody sometimes. Can you imagine? Some people go through their whole day and nobody acknowledges them. We can't even take the time to look at them in the eyes and smile. That's sad. I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying receive and go let others receive from you. Go pour out. Like you talked about this morning, the vessel. Go pour out. Go empty yourself so that when you come back in on Wednesday, you can be refilled and continue to pour out. All right, last one. Number seven. The Holy Spirit is he who inspired the authors of the New Testament, right? We know it's God breathed. And he said we should obey our pastor. Yeah, it's in there. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11. And look at that one. 1 Corinthians 11. We're wrapping up. I'm almost done. First Corinthians 11, 1 and 2. Imitate me. Just as I also imitate Christ, now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just, just as I delivered them to you. I thought that was interesting. Traditions and do it just as I delivered them to you. 
Don't take it and um, put your spin on it. Do what I told you to do with it, right? And so Paul, he, he's praising the brethren here because they remembered him in all things. He's telling them, good job. We're supposed to take the ordinances, the teachings, the traditions that we're taught here by our pastors, and we're supposed to keep them. That includes um, giving to our pastor or doing the tithe or doing the offering or um, setting up for church. If our pastor wants us to set up our church and sweep the porch every Sunday, we should keep that tradition. We don't need to change it. I mean, now if we have a better idea, we could totally go to him and say, I think if we do this, it'll work better. That will be received or, or at least thought about, but we shouldn't go and do it our way. We're supposed to keep it just as I imitate Christ, just as I do. We're supposed to do it just the same. So we're told to do it just as our leaders do it. That includes submission and obeying, right? Those are the words that God put in this book. We're supposed to submit to our leadership. Listen, the importance of pastors. Think about this. Your pastor, he, he's not here to set this room up for you to make it beautiful for you. He wants it to be pleasant, and he does a great job, and Ms. Kathy helps, and they're great. But that's... Do you see the importance of what your pastor does for you? The person that you give your ear to, he is watching over your soul. Your soul. Your soul, when you die, goes to heaven forever. Hallelujah. is a good thing. Or it goes to hell forever. Not a hallelujah. And so... What a, put yourself in that place and think about what, what a demand on a person to be in charge of people's souls. And he stepped up and did it. Your pastor did that. He took on that responsibility. That's huge. Like what in the world could I even, I would never say pastor does not do anything all day. He's in charge of my soul. And what's another good thing? You know how I am. I like things that I don't have to worry about. So what a great thing that if I go to my pastor and I ask him a question and he says, well, he always, always uses this in case you didn't know. But he says, Brandy, I sympathize with you, but here's, here's what you need to do. You see, he's responsible now with what he just gave me. And now... I'm responsible just to work out what he just told me. That's it. My responsibility is so much easier, it feels like, because I'm just going to grab a hold of what he said and go with it. He's responsible whether that was true or not. Do you understand that? Can you imagine being responsible for somebody's outcome of their soul? That's what your pastor is to you. That's why he's a gift. I have not always agreed with everything from pastor. As a matter of fact, you know, it's interesting when it's somebody else. It's like, yes, you should totally do that. If that's what he said and that's what the word says, you should go do that. I agree with that. But then sometimes um, it gets a little too close to your toes. And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, now I've never like told him I don't believe that. You know, that's something you keep in here because you want to meditate on it. And make sure before you say that out loud. However, there have been situations in my family or my personal life that I disagreed with the, the, the words that came out of his mouth. Although, I can never disagree when it lines up with this. And so, even though it hurt my toes, and I didn't like it, 
And I might have disagreed with it. I was not happy about it. And I'm not a person to sit there and say nothing. I just can't. I can't do it. And I know my mouth is annoying sometimes. My friends know how, how persuasive and loud I can get uh, on, a, on a soapbox or whatever. And I'm not always right. But I, for some reason, it just comes out. I just don't. And then I have to repent. But my point is, I haven't always enjoyed his counsel. And, and there's been times when I was like, I just disagree with that. But I would tell you, standing here today, several, many years later, in every situation, did you know he was right? And did you also know that those situations turned out for the better? Amen. For the better. Amen. Like, my idea was like, no, 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 we don't deal with that. But you know what? His idea was yes. We do, we do deal with that. And this is how we do it. And it worked out for the better. It's amazing. It's, I, 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 there's so many situations in my life that I am so grateful for my pastor. And I know that he's my pastor. I don't have a problem. I never, I never think that in my head. If I didn't know he is my pastor, I would not be living here in Texas right now. I am not enjoying this heat. I would leave just because it's so hot. I, that would be, I would be like, I'm out of here. I'm going to somewhere cooler, which I don't know where it is right now. But the point is, there, this, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this word. And it says that I have a pastor and he's a gift. And I'm committed to that. Does that make sense? So that's what I want to encourage you in. Just get committed. If you don't know who your pastor is, find him. Hook up and get committed. And get committed as a church together. Let's esteem him in love together. Amen. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.